Hello. Welcome to True Hoop. It's me, Gerard Hector. And I am joined, not by Coach David Thorpe, by Henry Abbott. How are you, sir? Jury duty called him out, right? <laughs> he is we lost D- David to civic duty. <laughs> he is DNP JD. He put it off before. It almost happened a couple months ago when he filled out some paperwork saying he couldn't do it right then or something, I guess. <laughs> Came but back he is, around. He is performing his civic duty today. Although, yeah. as, as he said to us in the group chat, you don't want me on your job. <laughs> I mean, that's probably true, to be honest. I, I, he's a great guy. He's a great guy. But I think this, like, sit still for 50 hours and listen to, like, that's not going to be his. That's, that's, not, that's yeah. not David's cup of tea. No, yeah. no, no. If he does end up on the jury, though, for sure, form a material. Like, he's going to want to... <laughs> They're going to run drills in there and they're going to be tight. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's true. He probably should be the poor person, right? If, if that's the thing, you got to put him in a position where he's going to shine and, and be strong, right? And that's in leadership, right? And corralling everybody. So I think that's probably. You and I are both people who create like plans for podcasts. And like, mm-hmm. we both know that he's not the most mm-hmm. ardent follower, mm-hmm. right? That's not mm-hmm. his forte. Exactly. Nope. He's a leader guy. Yeah. Yes, leader guy. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Which is why we love him. <laughs> that's it. But yeah. Good luck out there, digital system. You got this. <laughs> this is good stuff. Henry, how was your Thanksgiving? It was good. It was good. Yeah. I um, We do a lot of eating. It's not unique to our family, but um, we did that. And actually, I felt great. I ate so much that I had to, I literally fell asleep on the floor at like the extended family's house and then got, it was only like 5 p.m. Woke up, felt like a million bucks. I was like, usually at this point, you just feel regret. And kind of like yeah, it's terrible, yeah, but I, yeah. I didn't actually eat that much. Okay, okay. And there was a fire going. Oh, and, you know, nice. Yeah, nice. yeah. It was like it was a lovely. There, you know, kids I don't see or fun running around and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's That's good. a wonderful thing. And then here's the other thing. Everywhere we go now, like my my son is old enough to drive. Oh, so like so you and and the missus can have get a little saucy. And I mean, I, this <laughs> story is not a story of me getting passed out drunk, but like I just didn't have to worry about it, right? I had yeah. like a couple glasses of wine, took yeah. a nap, and it's like whatever. It's yeah, fine. Duncan, you're in charge, buddy. <laughs> He's a pretty good driver too. Yeah. Listen, that that is. So what you're saying is the one advantage to having kids is that later in life, when they are actually old enough to drive, they can be responsible people. But those first 16 years, mm, it's a little rough. <laughs> well, there's a little bit of other, you know, there's stuff like. Um, <laughs> Like I was like, "Hey, can you refill my water bottle?" And he did it. That was cool. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, there's okay. little benefits here. And there. All right, little yeah. benefits here and there. All right. So those of you out there considering having children, you know, <laughs> do the do, do the do the cost do benefit the analysis. Do your pros and cons. That's one of the pros right there. But so. like the second they can drive you places, they move out. Like they have like yeah, a, they live here a very short amount of time. <laughs> so you, your window to use that is very short. Very short. <laughs> How was your Thanksgiving? My Thanksgiving was lovely. Had a lovely time with the family. I always feel like the excitement and the buildup is more than the actual day itself, right? Because the day itself is only like however many hours you're at the place. And then it's when we go home and then it's the next day and you got to get back into your life. But it was joyous to see everybody because we're making plans for Christmas. Who's doing what? Bah, 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 this, that, and the third. Uh, we, it's like, it's the next generation now. So like I'm the oldest of, of all of my cousins. But um, so my sec- the cousin who's next oldest to me, he has a baby. Uh, three year old, she's three now, and a new one on the way. So now it's that generation now, right? That's kind of like rolling around, and you're kind of seeing yourself in that. But it's like my family being like, She's the oldest, that's like you, that's how you were when you were that age. I'm like, Oh, interesting, very like, fun times. Yeah, 14 years, she's gonna drive me home. <laughs> <laughs> I just gotta wait, <laughs> just gotta hang on 14 more years. 
All right, we got a lot going on in the world of the NBA. Before we get to that, World Cup's happening. So, those of you that don't know, we have a true hoop group chat. Actually, you probably you probably do know because you know we talk about it relatively often. We don't share all the stuff we talk about, but you know we talk about some cool things in there. So, World Cup is like taking over the group chat right now. Travis and I are probably the most football learned of the group. Um, probably, yeah. <laughs> and then. And then David and Henry chime in. Gap. <laughs> <laughs> and then David hates soccer, thinks the whole thing's terrible. And then I just make dad jokes. Yes, it, it, it's actually quite it, it, the dynamic is actually quite fun. David gets annoyed at Team USA every time we do a set piece and we kick the ball into the A. He's like, "We don't have any tall people. Why do we keep doing that? Keep it on the ground." It's like, like all caps. Yeah, yeah, like super bad. You you see the coach side of David come out when it, it's like he's pulling his hair out. He's like, "We're not good at this. Why are we doing it?" And I'm like, "Well, David, we got to kind of move around and do some other things." But then, okay, so I put my phone down, and I'm now realizing that it was uh, silence that I didn't realize at the time. But um, and I watched, you know, I probably watched three games over the weekend, and then I came back from the USA UK England game, and then there were like the little notification things at 99, like which we we don't text that much about basketball anything. That's like a week of our group mm-hmm. chat. It was just yeah. during that game, and I was like, "What is yeah, happening yeah, yeah, on yeah. here?" Yeah, it, it's it's crazy. Like we Team USA, like the draw against England was huge and very big for us. Like as a as a team, they're talented, and we're getting better. We are still not quite in that upper echelon of the world, <clears throat> but I mean, not quite. Like there's a significant gap, but. We have more players now playing in the top European leagues, which is a good thing. Now, they're not the stars of those top European clubs and getting a ton of playing time, but they're slowly working their look, working their way there. We have a very strong midfield. Weston McKinney, Tyler Adams, Musa, like Pulisic. We have a lot of way out. We have a lot of really good guys in our midfield. We're not great attacking, right? We don't we don't have finishers, right? We don't have that striker and that attacker who puts fear in your heart, right? There's no Mueller, no Mbappe, no Cristiano Ronaldo, even at 37. We have nobody of that caliber, right? So it's we've scored one goal in two matches. That's it was a good of, goal, though. I mean, it was a good goal, it but it's kind goal. of a problem, right? Like yeah. you need if you're gonna win, you gotta score goals. And We're so, undefeated, though. Uh, true, true. Undefeated, <laughs> true. All good points you make, Henry. Um, um I'll tell you what, though, it makes me think a lot about Okay, so there was a little trend lit when Steve Nash was MVP of just mm-hmm. like, you know, people growing up playing soccer are doing mm-hmm. better in basketball, right? Mm-hmm. And and one of the theories is basically like lower body strength, right? Yes. Like all yes. this kind of crazy cutting and moving. And it's like mm-hmm. you build that base and you're young and maybe that just makes you better prepared in soccer. But the other, I mean, in basketball, the other thing though that to me is like so, so, so clear is like so much of soccer is playing the ball to the right nowhere, right like like so much so many yards ahead of where the play mm-hmm. is going to be right mm-hmm. this is the magic passes are mm-hmm. you're triangulating like every player in that vicinity and figuring out like yep. at what pace can i put it where and like exactly. i do think it's a different neuroprocessing than how most basketball players grow up right like basketball yes. is like i'm not gonna put it a few inches ahead of you right but man i gotta believe if you grow up moving the ball like that and, and I've sat courtside at the um, Steve Nash charity game. Mm-hmm. With Soccer game, yeah. When it's it, right it up close, like mm-hmm. it's happening at a speed that blows my mind. Like I just, it, it seems to me like it must help. It must help. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. 
it and your point is correct right you're trying to play to the open space but to your point right make that pass where guys can get an open run right so you're yeah. predicting okay who ooh, who's gonna get a clean run ahead this is the space we're kicking it into without causing an offsides right like yeah. all these various things you have to be really good at like, usually kind of two defenders in the, involved somewhere mm-hmm. there's the end line and the sideline mm-hmm. there's the keeper there's your guy like it's just there's a lot to program and and the space that you have to do this in is that the soccer field is massive. It's yeah. a large on like a basketball court, which you can't pass ahead that far in basketball. It's going to go out of bounds, right? Like you have a limited amount of space that you that you can work with. So it's it's really interesting and really cool. But listen, big match for Team USA on Tuesday against Iran. They, they have to win. I mean, it's that simple. Win and you, and you advance. So in that way, as, a, as an athlete, you like that. You just, you know, I don't have to worry about someone has to do something. No, no, no. If we do what we're supposed to do and win, we move on to the knockout round. Iran's a lot better than y'all think. So I don't want everybody to be like, oh, Iran. I'm like, eh. like, those guys can, they can, they can finish. They've scored goals. All right. Yeah. And so Team USA is going to have to do that. France looks amazing. The defending World Cup champs. No World Cup hangover for them. Even without the, the current Ballon d'Or winner and Kareem Benzema, they look great. Um, Brazil looks good. Germany, Spain. You know, the, the usual powers. I thought something interesting, Henry. Uh, Belgium. This is the golden generation of Belgian team, Belgian football, Kevin De Bruyne, Romeo uh, Lukaku, Eden Hazard, like just amazing players. But, you know, De Bruyne says something really interesting. I want to read this quote when he was asked about what do you, what do you guys think about your chances of winning this world cup? I think our chance was 2018. We have a good team, but it's aging. We lost some key players. We have some good new players coming, but they're not at the level other players were in 2018. I see us more as outsiders. And it had me think about, sports like football association football even swimming a sport that you're familiar with and i'm very familiar with the world cup the olympics the the big thing that casual people who don't really follow your sport in the other years care about it's all important that you win that one right versus yeah but i was the world champion the last three years and weren't nobody cares right even in a sport like swimming for instance the world championship meet is actually a better and faster meet than the Olympics by far. And you can be the three-time world champion. You lose the Olympics. You suck. It's like, oh, it's not really how it goes. But I, we won three Champions League, Champions League titles in a row. Nobody cares. You didn't win the World Cup, right? It's this thing, idea between like the big thing versus the other thing, which is actually probably just as important, if not better, and the ability to sort of handle that. And managing that as an athlete is really, really tough. So we know this is an interesting thing. And so most sports have multiple champions, mm-hmm. right? In basketball, we really don't. And, mm-hmm. and I think, and on top of that, uh, the NBA did a, they get, they're like the, the role model of global sports marketing because all elite basketball basically is under the NBA brand, even mm-hmm. Olympic basketball is kind of under the NBA yeah. brand, right? That was no accident. That was a mm-hmm. tremendous amount of work. And they have 200 people working in Shanghai. Like, you know, they just like, they have been invested in this from a long time ago. So great. So like, the very best players of all the continents like aspire to or are in this league under this logo with that mm-hmm. little dude, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is they don't get to reshuffle the deck like the World Cup does, yep. right? Like who does De Bruyne play with in his day job? He plays um, uh, Manchester City. So he's playing with Man City with all those people. He knows how good the best players of all the teams are, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But now he's playing with a whole different bunch of from a whole different bunch of leagues on the Belgium team, right? Like, mm-hmm. and that's thrilling for fans to get to see, like, oh, when you put it this way and you shuffle it that way, like, <laughs> the NBA can't reshuffle because, yeah. like, you play for the Mavericks, you play for the Mavericks, and that's just who you play for. That's... And then Mark Cuban 
has an aneurysm when Luca goes away for like six weeks in the summer, right? Like, <laughs> like I if I think that there's like just business pressure to have more championships yes. in basketball, one I way think, or yeah. another, more yeah. champions. Yeah. Like, what can Luca win? Luca needs to win something. He's probably not going to win the NBA championship. Like, right. And so, will it be under the NBA umbrella or outside? I don't know. But like this midseason tournament, this is why I talk about this. Is like you can have seven champions in a sport in a year. Yeah. And the NBA only has one. It's like, well, that's six chances missed, right? It's listen. I this is that's the part about association football that I love. Whatever you watch, whether you watch La Liga, Premier League, Bundesliga, doesn't matter. Your team can win the league championship of your country. You can win Champions League. And then within each league, they then have a cup, right? They have the FA Cup. They got Copa America. Like, you, you can win that one. There's a, yeah. You, you have three it's like three trophies you can win every year. That's, yeah. Yes, more trophies. And it's not yeah. like every kid wins a trophy. It's not that. It's the idea of there should be more <laughs> champions, right? These people are really good at football. But yeah. when we have one person that wins or one team, it's like, no, it's got to be more. <laughs> people will tell themselves, like those fans of like the – you know, whichever trophy you get, mm-hmm. the fans of that team will convince themselves that was the greatest thing that could ever happen. Of course. Right? Yep. Like, FA Cup, unbelievable. Yeah. It's the greatest honor, right? Champions mm-hmm. League, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Like, membership, unbelievable, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. like, you just, it, they all work. It, it yes. works. It's, um, it's fine. I don't, I don't know how they're going to get that, but it seems like a little less than that. It's, it, I think it's part of it is like American exceptionalism, right? Like, that's like, in America, that's not how we view things. It's one person is the best of everybody and like that's that is a that is a very american attitude and ideal right so it's going to have to be this adoption by american athletes that it's okay if we have three champs this year no there's only one champ it's like right it's like the jeff bezos of things he's the champ of money right like nobody else i'm number one right like it's just, that's just how people think yeah yeah i think they can get over it though right i mean it's just this is one of those things where like anticipating it makes people nervous, but once it exists, once there's like the fun thing that happens in the summer, everyone's You'll like, hey, let's go win the fun thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, that's you know? it. Just let's do the fun thing. <laughs> I am in. Henry, all right, switching to basketball. Okay, that's a good Your yeah. Portland Trailblazers were yeah. in New York this weekend. They had a mm-hmm. thrilling weekend, even though they, they lost the last game, but they were awesome against the Knicks on Friday. Uh, Jeremy Grant, Anthony Simons were, whoo boy, lights yeah. out. Over so the whole shebang. It yeah. was, it was, it was really, really good. And then Sunday, um, you know, they lost the Brooklyn Nets, but you saw something interesting as you are writing a book about yeah. health and wellness and bodies. You, you saw something pretty interesting in that game. <laughs> so there's a guy, Justin Zormello. I don't know if you've ever come across that name, but he's, um, a longtime NBA trainer and he sort of made a name for himself when he trained young Kevin Durant. And um, I interviewed Justin. I've, I mean, I've never met him face to face, but I've known him by phone or email for since back in the day, since Kevin Durant was a was a noob to the NBA. Two thousand seven. Yeah. And um, Justin's really smart, um, and he did a bunch of innovative stuff. And when he first got Kevin, everybody. I mean, I remember the you know I was a Blazer fan at that time. They had the second pick, no first pick, and the idea is basically like you know, owner like, Durant. All of the Durant criticism was like, well, he can't play in the NBA with this skinny body. Right, he's a, he's a seven footer. He's gonna shove it around, and they're gonna, you know, basically they project they're projecting the game yesterday. They're like, there's gonna be some Yusuf Nurkic, some Bosnian beast is gonna like put his butt into this guy and just move him wherever he wants to move him. Game over. Durant's team will just lose and lose and lose. And Justin heard all that, the most macho voice. This is like not just coming from like one person. This is like basically Everybody. NBA's view. Is <laughs> he like, couldn't bench press 165 pounds. That was the thing. Right. You're, you're going to be terrible. So he's going to have to LeBron up, right? He's going to mm-hmm. have to like get all – this is what everybody's telling Justin. Justin's like, no, I don't think LeBron can chase him. Like I think he's he's got an advantage that we would give up if he got heavy. Um, so we're going to leave him light, 
and we're going to keep them nimble and let's see if, how that works. And created, honestly, this was a microcosm of many bigger decisions that completely changed the NBA where like, of course, Kevin Durant's better as he is, right? <laughs> Nevertheless, like in this game, it happened. It, there really were, you know, because injuries and stuff, like, but the Nets, like, there really were, a, I don't know what, 15, 10 plays where At it least. really was. The Bosnian beast mm -hmm. calling for the ball with Kevin yep. Durant. And they're wrestling and they're like mm -hmm. actually like laugh cracking each other up with like the they're doing the arm locks and mm -hmm. like you know their ref games are happening. That's the only way Durant is. I have to hold him with my arm because he's too big. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this and this is where the advanced stats come in. Like in fact, like the Blazers have this advantage in this matchup, mm -hmm. but it's not really a way to win mm -mm. because first of all, it's hard to give him the ball. Um, second of all. It's a guarded two-pointer where mm -hmm. the expected points per attempt is like pretty low. Mm -hmm. Third of all, it's incredibly easy to help. Everybody mm -hmm. on the Nets team knows where this matchup is going to happen. And there's mm -hmm. always someone else that's frustrate the pass or the shot of the rebound, right? Mm -hmm. And fifth of all, when this is happening, right, the, the whole entire time this little drama is playing out, um, Anthony Simons is not shooting nope. wide open three. And Jeremy, Jeremy Grant, Grant isn't yep. pulling up off the dribble. And all the Blazers' best things aren't happening. Mm -hmm. And so – I. And, you know, Richard Jefferson on the broadcast all the time was like, you know, Nurk weighs twice as much as any other net, which is probably <laughs> a slight exaggeration. And, like, that's true. But, like, but did you see what Kevin Durant did with his ability to move? Like, 31 points. That's a, that's a good way to win. <laughs> right? That's like, pretty good. <laughs> this is kind of how – I mean, it's not that – this is not to say that the big man is done. But no. saying, like, this idea that you have to be able to – like body up the biggest players in the league to win. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think that's true. Yeah. Right? You just yeah. need to be able to make, you know, something that's like a, the best posted players maybe in history. I'm going to make this up are something like 1.1 points per attempt. Mm -hmm. You just need to get that down to like 1.0 or 0.9. Mm -hmm. And oh, then yeah. when it's not a good possession anymore. Nope. Right. And you Correct. can outperform them. And that a lot, of, there are a lot of ways to do that. Yeah, no, I think that's a, it's a very astute observation. I think, look, this is why the best, big men in the world now that have that traditional body like um Nurkic does are Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic right super because skilled. they're super skilled because yeah. it ain't just oh I'm gonna bet no I gotta be able to do other things because if I just stand here and they that's too easy right it's just this is this is a problem for us to your point and everybody else those other four guys aren't doing anything right and to your to the Blazers that's that's when you're really good when those guys yeah. are doing all getting easy layups and dunks but if you got a back Nurkic in, and then you also have a chance for offensive fouls and things that, well, that's a waste of possession, right? Like, and so, yeah, I think it's this idea, and we, we've talked about it here on True Hoop. It's skilled big men, right? That is, this is where the future is. But big man's not dead. There's going to be a Shaq-sized guy at some point mm -hmm. who, how Shaq was when he was, when he first came to the league, but a coach would pull him out of the game immediately if he ever thought he was going to dribble the ball down. Basically what Jokic does, right? Yeah. It's going to be a Shaq-sized person, athletic like he is, who's going to do what Jokic does, and that person's going to dominate the league, which is kind of Giannis in a way, right? But just can't shoot as well. That's, that's That person's coming at some point in the next, I don't know, 15, 20 years. That's, but that's the future of the league. Well, and there's this other thing. I'm, uh, I'm hearkening back to a lesson. I, a really fun night of my life was um, having, like, dinner on trays with the D'Antonis. Oh, <laughs> and, uh, that, that sounds like a lot of, <laughs> yep, mm -hmm. Eating pasta. It's like a beautiful multi-million dollar home where with the dining table. But Mike's like, on trays. we have a dining room table. <laughs> if you'd like to eat there, that's fine. But often when there's a game on, we just eat over here. I'm like, oh, yeah. So it's like literally like <laughs> six knees in a row, three trays. Like 
We're eating pasta. Um, delightful. But um, we were watching a Clippers game with uh, in the Blake Griffin era. Mm-hmm. And Mike's basically just like, you know, basically, like, what do you think about Blake? Like, and I'm like, oh, you know, he's good at this, blah, blah. And um, at this point, Blake Griffin was putting up just ridiculous stats, mm-hmm. right? And he's like, yeah, but I think he just eats up too much space in there. Like, he's standing there and like, Everybody else can't drive in there. Like, this was basically, you know, this is why you replace Blake with Amari Stoudemire, mm-hmm. who starts out far from the hoop, and the mm-hmm. whole play, there's layups and dunks are threatened by everybody. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, you just put Nurk in the paint there, and now the whole paint's closed, basically. Mm-hmm. It's just a mm-hmm. very tough, yeah, anyway. So, to put the, my point is, put your dinner on your lap <laughs> and get your big man out of the paint. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> is that clear that's pretty clear i think, I think we got it <clears throat> um henry the lakers are playing better basketball um they're still not very good uh record wise but they're winning games now um yeah. something happened over the weekend uh lakers spurs i want to say that was the game it was, um it was, it was saturday i think saturday and zach collins and Russell Westbrook had a little little something something happen there. Um, blood was coming out of Russell Westbrook's face. I think that I think I know there is something primal that happens to any human when they are cut <laughs> when and you're hitting the they, head, like... right? And they see their own blood, it, right? It just this this like this thing happens in your brain, right? That causes like oh, yeah. fight flight, right? It's a, it's this thing. And Russell was clearly it was fight mode, not flight, right? Like that was what the hell, like. And I then, can't you know, honestly, if I just like, or whatever, like even just like, you know, gardening or whatever, I've like, right. you stand up into something or whatever. And just yeah. for that, like half a second, yeah. you're like bananas. It just happens. Yeah, you just go lose your mind for a second. And yeah. then you add in the fact that these are professional athletes already with oozing testosterone, already, amped up. Ultra, oh, right, already yeah. amped, amped up. up. This yeah. is, you know, if when those things happen, I'm surprised that we actually don't see more fights, but. LeBron got him away where things was calmed down, but you, you, you were seeing some things you, you wanted to discuss there. Well, there were a couple of things there. one was um, like, this is like MVP LeBron, right? He's so big and strong and fast. And he quickly grabs Russell. <laughs> like Russell Westbrook's a pretty big dude compared mm-hmm. to humans. Right. And yeah. like, but he could, and then he gets the towel and he staunches the bleeding. And like, mm-hmm. I just felt like everybody, like, I'm sure there's bad blood between them. Right. Like you, LeBron's been kind of disdainful at the end of the bench while he's injured. But mm-hmm. I think that, LeBron's point, I don't want to put words, is basically like, I know Russell Westbrook so much better than you do. And we're so much closer. Like, you can't talk about this at all, right? And like, once you see him, he's literally like snuggling him yep, and like bleeding. <laughs> and like, once you see that, you're like, yeah, they're, you know, like, he, they're not like, not on speaking terms, clearly. Right. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I honestly, I, I like seeing LeBron being a in that mode, mate, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, it was good to see. Um, he knows how to do that. I wish he did it more. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, but then also, okay, then there's this. I know we all get frustrated every game you watch in the NBA. They're going to the sideline to review contact to the head, mm-hmm. and it's a big delay. And what the hell, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I'm a little bit like, this is why they do that. This play, right? So when Zach Collins is in the air, he's he's, he's making a snap decision. He's got his arms up. He's above Russell Westbrook, and he's a little bit of a dirty player. It's mm-hmm. he's involved in a lot of these things, like. Mm-hmm. And violence is part of basketball, and mm-hmm. for some players more than others, and he's one of them, right? And he smacks his elbow down on Russ's head, intentionally or not, we'll never know. And, like, the only way this doesn't happen, and when it's, as soon as you see it, it's obviously bad, right? You yep. obviously don't want Russell Westbrook with his forehead split open, mm-hmm. like, blood gushing everywhere. Um, what can you do to Zach to change his thinking in that mm-hmm. very tight moment? It's tough, right? But, like, 
the NBA has is years into taking the position. They're like, look, we're just going to penalize the living hell out of everybody who hits somebody in the head. Mm-hmm. We're going to make it so that Zach doesn't just, you know, try not to hit him. Make it so that he's absolutely careful not to hit him in the head, mm-hmm. right? And that's what the, we're seeing. That's we're seeing yeah. that policy play out, and it's tedious and boring. But I think they're trying to just take a league where people used to get hit in the head a lot, like they did. Oh, I was like hard. underreported, but like I I've watched it in slow mo. Like it's happened a ton. They're just trying to make it a league where we don't hit each other in the head as much because of the NFL's concussion revelations. And this is what it looks like. We're going to have more years of these delays so that Zach Collins stops whacking Russell Westbrook. Which, by the way, I think it was, it was, was it you who mentioned it or David that the NBA has its concussion protocol, which it does not follow, right? Yeah. Like when guys get hit in the head, they're supposed to go to the – that doesn't happen. Nobody goes yeah. to the back and does the thing. Like it's just, you know. They did this. It's like the classic PR bullshit thing that rich companies do, right? Where like mm-hmm. when concussions were in the news a lot, they trotted out their expert. I was one of the people who interviewed him. They announced their policy, and now everyone's like, "Oh, good, the NBA is so woke." <laughs> and uh, and then they just freaking, you know, like that season. You could see there was a play where Tim Duncan got like, like he could barely walk. He was yeah. like bananas, yeah. staggering around, and like just kept playing. Mm-hmm. Um, people keep. I mean, no one goes to the locker room anymore for getting in the head. You're supposed yeah. to locker room every time you're hitting the head. Yeah, no, the, no one does. Policy was at the time, and now it's like, <laughs> I can't remember anybody going to the locker room. I guess it happens a little bit, but very seldom. It, it, it's got to be really like, oh, this person's like stumbling and can't walk. We got it. We got to go yeah. back there and at least like pretend. But like, yeah. guys, what can I say? You know, it, but it's something you guys always talk about. You and, and David always talk about this idea of the, the macho culture in sport, right? And it's like. But making sure you don't, you're not concussed. That's not a. That's not being soft, right? Like being concussed is not a good thing. <laughs> I mean, I think it's it's absolutely normal and correct for the athlete to feel invincible, right? Mm-hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. Trying to build that, right? right? So someone else has to be like, "Hey, yeah. pal, you yeah. Know? Yeah. like great, <laughs> like don't run around on your like broken tibia, right? right. That'd be bad, even right. though you might feel like you can't. <laughs> Similarly, you know, yes. like oh, I'm gonna go check your head. You know? It's like no, no, we're going to the back. Great, yeah, you are. You're Superman, invincible. Now yeah. we're going to the back, though. It's me. <laughs> Blame it on me. I'm yeah. taking you. Right? It's fine. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. And someone has to be willing on that to be that person, right? Where it's like, yeah. Call me names, whatever. I don't care. Sure. Great. Come on. We're going to the back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. To earn that credibility, though, that can't just be like a – Yes. It can't just be – it's not your title that gets you that, you know? No, you, and, yeah. and that's that's one of the toughest things to do is to earn credibility and trust with professional athletes, right? Yeah. David says all the time, you just get hustled all the time, right? And so a lot of them – why should I trust you? For what reason? <laughs> right? Like, right. What, is, what are your bona fides? And so – Good teams, I imagine, are better at this than others, right? Like, That's a job to recruit for too, right? Like, yep. who's the person who can put his arm around the player's shoulder in a moment of crisis and have the player be like, "Ah, okay, I'll do it." Yeah, you're, you're here Le- for me. LeBron, I think, could get Russell Westbrook to the locker room. He's earned that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're talking about. And worst comes to worst, just get Stephen Adams to actually pick him up and take <laughs> yeah. him to the locker room. Uh, Doctor Stephen Adams, ready, ready to operate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Henry, we are at about the quarter mark of the season. Give or take, most teams are at 19. Okay, so 21, we'll be here uh, between today and tomorrow. Everybody will be at the quarter point. Um, so EPM's data is starting to show us some signs and trends, right? It's still early, but 20 to 21 games, that's a decent sample size to not make any future predictions, but say, based on the last 21 games, this is what we're seeing. Um, now, you mentioned LeBron's been hurt and out a lot. Um, so... I would have to guess his estimated plus minus, not so great. Given that the Lakers are bad, he hasn't played that much. Anthony Davis, coincidentally, uh, in the top 10 in EPM, playing quite well. Um, what are you seeing from LeBron as it relates to EPM um, in terms of his production 
and where he stacks up relative to the rest of the league. Well, and this is like the biggest like caveat, right? Like they, uh, many people from the plus minus based world would say we shouldn't even publish anything yet, right? Because you need bigger sample sizes to like sort out. Like mm-hmm. if the Lakers play well during these 10 minutes, was that because of this player or that one? You need lots of minutes when they're not together to sort of mm-hmm. sort it out. So all with a big asterisk. But um, I did notice, like my general thought has been, you know, if the Lakers just had LeBron and AD healthy more, they would just be way better because mm-hmm. we all know why. Um, but I just did notice there's a pretty big difference between LeBron and AD in the early EPM, right? Like AD is way up there. And I think he's about 10th in the league today. Mm-hmm. Um, LeBron is is like almost 50th, mm-hmm. which is very good. This is like um, uh, like you know, Bradley Beal, Kyrie Irving, Aaron Gordon, Dylan Brooks, Spencer mm-hmm. Dinwiddie, Anthony Simons kind of area. Mm-hmm. Um, those are very good players. But He's LeBron James and, <laughs> right. uh, and ordinary and in offense, he's 87th percentile, which is great on defense. He's 74th percentile. Like I didn't actually take the time to look it up and I apologize for that. But like, I suspect that's close to a career low for him. Yep. Um, usually he's a giant difference maker on defense. And um, I think I'm playing back on my head a little bit of David Thorpe noticing him being a little bit, you know, uncommitted. <laughs> on some plays right now this could just be early season stuff right and again these stats are just from when he's in right so this is not about him being injured this is about right. when he's in correct yeah and, yep mm-hmm. you know not saying uh, please please like never ever will i say lebron sucks or you can't with lebron there's nothing i'm never saying anything like that what i'm saying is um you know if all the time's undefeated we've all been looking for the signs of lebron slowing down and this probably isn't it either but if LeBron is at, you know, when he's full gusto, end of the season, playoffs, if they make it, um, if he's, you know, anywhere south of 90th percentile in defense, like, crap. Like, you know, that's not – this roster isn't good enough for him to be merely no. good. He needs to be transcendent, right? And uh, I'm just keep my eye on that. That's all. Uh, no, Henry. I think this is the sign. The sign is this is his – Third growing injury in four years in LA. That's the sign, right? Like it, the biggest regular future injuries, previous injury, right? And it's the same. I mean, you only have one growing, right? It's the same injury keeps <laughs> happening over and over and over, right? Like, yeah, that's going to sap you of some of the things that make you really good. Like peak LeBron can take a horrendous Cavalier into the title because he's in the 99th percentile in everything. Okay. But when you're 79th and 84th, still excellent at 38 years old yeah well if that roster ain't as good that that's not good enough to drag that to the finals right it just it just isn't so that's what we're saying right it's that he's still very good but where he is now the roster has to be better because he is not at the level where he can drag below average people to the title the league is too good and he is no longer transcendent right like david says it he hasn't been so far this year anyway right like yeah i'm a wait wait Seriously, how many groins do we have? <laughs> what, uh, what, what, as far as I know, what? I don't know. We're, we're, there, there might be more. We'll, we'll, have, to, we'll have to see what well, science says. We kind of have it. a right one and a left one. As <laughs> uh, the muscles, right? Like, it, it, t- technically, it is, yes. It is two <laughs> different sides of the muscle. But my point being, the growing area has been injured three consecutive years. Yeah, no, it's right? a bad sign. That's, that's a bad not good. Right? Yeah. Like, and I'll tell you, that's a, like a lot of like, Another thing from my book is like a tremendous amount of force goes through your lower torso, right? Like once you get lower than that on the body, it's divided in half. 
a lot of times, right? Like, mm-hmm. you have two legs, right? But right at the bottom of your torso is just like, man, LeBron's a big dude. And he's mm-hmm. been a big dude working on that mm-hmm. for a long time, putting mm-hmm. giant forces through that area. So, yeah, that's a – however, um, those, like, soft tissues that are yeah. damaged a little bit, like, yeah. they're about – they have to cope with much – some of the biggest forces that run through human bodies anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And no, it, it or possibly sometimes too. <laughs> <laughs> the growing area, but yes, the, yeah. The, as as it, as you have a right and a left hip, right? Like, yeah, right. Even though it is one like hip area, it's well. This is the right side of my hip. It's just so my confusing. Head. Like right? I just like like growing. Same idea. Growing yeah. area, yes, is one region, yeah, but yeah, you have yeah. a right and a left side. Point yeah. being, soft tissue in that area at his age, doing what he's been doing since he's been. 16 years old again no matter he can spend two million dollars on his body like unless there are things that we don't which there might be existing somewhere in the world where you can literally regenerate all your muscle tissue like to when you were young which i'm sure might exist somewhere i don't know um you know yeah it's gonna it's gonna have its have its have its toll on you yeah and you know he'll be he'll have moments this season of transcendence but will he do it consistently for 30 games probably not right Science tells us probably not. It reminds me more and more of Kobe's like aging with the Lakers, right? It's Mm -hmm. kind of like that. It's like it could happen. You know, Mm -hmm. it's and he had that crazy. Everyone still talks about you know the run to get them into the playoffs, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. when he was just abusing his body. Like Mm -hmm. this is that year, right? Mm -hmm. This is LeBron's in that role, right? Like. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe he'll do it. I hope that he doesn't have to, right? I hope that he doesn't <laughs> that's have to. The, yeah, that's the point. Like we don't <laughs> want to see that, guys. Like, that's not good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, they literally, like, uh, Baxter Holmes wrote this incredible story about, like, that run for Kobe. And, like, his teammates literally thought he might die during mm-hmm. that time from yeah. just the crazy exertion of it all. And it's not how we – it seems a little grotesque that we, like, need that as fans, right? It's like, like let him run and jump and play the game. Agreed. Just – make people so worried about him i I don't like to see that we don't you know true we don't want to see that this episode of true hoop is brought to you by BetterHelp. hey guys gerard from true hoop here if you had an extra hour in your day what would you do it's a hell of a question would you maybe go for a run take a nap read a book maybe show up for a friend now depending on the day any one of those would be a great idea most of us spend our lives wishing we had more time but the question is time for what If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Now, I've been open in the past with you guys about this. I see a personal therapist as well as a couples therapist for my partner and I, and both are extremely helpful in developing positive coping skills and learning how to set boundaries. Therapy empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash TrueHoop today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash TrueHoop. Um, since we're here, Henry, let's talk about advanced stats a little bit. So, um... 538 has their Raptor, their War. I mean, there's like, oh my God. And then they do this thing where they average it all out and like figure out mm-hmm. who's the best player in the NBA, well, at least so far this season. Um, and the names, the names kind of look about where they should. 
um, on, in the top 20. Although, and this is funny, and I, I reason why I brought this particular stat up, an NBA university tweeted this out. So your top uh, 10 names are Stephen Curry, Nicole Jokic, Luka Doncic, Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, Brooke Lopez, Paul George, John Morant. Now, to many people, the Brooke Lopez name probably stands out like, what? That's probably weird. And it's like, well, if you actually look at Milwaukee's the number one defense in the league, and Brooke Lopez is basically the reason why. Right? You're like, confused. Seth Partnow was on the show. Exactly. Like, he, he, <laughs> right. He just told you all about it, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Brooke Lopez is all NBA first team, all NBA defense right now. Like, that. I mean, that's that's why they are where they are. Okay. But then you go down further the list, Henry, and you're, like, into the 14th range. And it's like, Dylan Brooks? <laughs> what? Like, how? How does that work? And so I think these are where I think the casual fans who, and I've said this before, math and numbers are a thing that like make the general public like allergic. Like we, we, people just don't like it. Like they just don't like numbers, makes them crazy, makes them, the honest just truth is it makes them feel stupid and no one likes to feel dumb. Like nobody. And so you see numbers that you don't, you're like, no, this is stupid. This is why this, that doesn't make sense. Dylan Brooks, the 16th best player in the NBA. It's like, no, we're not actually saying that, but you're so good at this. Just break it down for people when we're talking about adjusted, all these different numbers, like what it actually means versus like, all right, don't lose your mind, people. It's fine. We're not saying Dylan Brooks is the 15th best player in the NBA. Well, so every number is limited and flawed, right? Mm -hmm. That's just how it is. And like, so, you know, when I first started covering the league, Allen Iverson was on top of the points per game listing. And like, you know, it was very tempting. They put it in every newspaper in in the world, and it would be tempting, like, oh, there's the best player in the NBA, right? Mm -hmm. But it mattered. Ultimately, we've now learned that he took like a lot more possessions mm -hmm. to get that point total than other players on the list, right? So you'd move him down a little and move everyone up. Then it mattered that like he's this tiny guy who didn't really put a lot of effort on defense. Mm -hmm. So you move him down a little more, everyone else up, and like, and, and in that moving around, which is what advanced stats kind of is, like, it, it's not perfect. Um, but I think. Uh, two things. One is, you know, this list you're talking about is the averaging of a lot mm -hmm. of very yes. careful efforts and like, and it's very commonsensical, right? Like at the top, it's all of the most famous. It's every right. candidate anybody yes. would ever pick are Correct. all up there, right? And um, and you know, in general, I guess all of these lists, if they have any plus minus component, will just dump the component of defense into these listings, which just haven't been there before, mm -hmm. like. They just didn't have that, right? We'd have like, who are the best players? And then separately, we'd say, who's defensive player of the year? Mm -hmm. Like, it would be in the time of Iverson, it was like, you know, all we'd argue about it's all the highest Mutombo scores in the league. And, and then Matumbo wins mm -hmm. the league, but he's, he doesn't get to be in the best player thing, even right. though it is half the game. Half the game. Definitely <laughs> half the game. So, so I think the thing is like, when someone's surprising in that list, right? When, when Brooke Lopez or Dylan Brooks is there, I think the right thing is to ask, is he there? Because the stat's a little goofy. Mm -hmm. Or is he there because we just learned something about basketball that we didn't know before, mm -hmm. right? And I'm not going to put my thumb on the scale on that with these two, but like I just feel like, yes, I, ideally it teaches something we don't already know, right? And the 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 poster child of this is Chris Middleton, mm -hmm. who was a nobody, but he was like, you know, top five in the NBA as mm -hmm. a on a rookie contract mm -hmm. and got a huge deal. And I remember Jackie McMullen hosting a little talk at Sloan being like, I mean, what the hell? Like she's legit like asking the question, like, what's happening? Like Chris Middleton is about to get a huge deal because of advanced stats, right? And like, or is it because he's really good at basketball? Right. I think it's like, good at basketball. <laughs> right. Like, he, I'm telling you, Chris Middleton without advanced stats would not Correct. be the second best player on a championship team like mm -hmm. but the advanced stats taught us something we didn't know like hey this combination of things is 
pretty darn effective. Yeah. And it's hard yeah. to recognize exactly why he's so effective. And I, if I'm right in saying after he got the big deal, he slipped a little in the old stats. But still. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's not unique to him, right? Many players after the big deal slip a little bit in the stats, right? Yeah. That's just yeah. the, because the way contracts work, you're never actually paid the value you're worth at the time. It's always right. trying to play catch up to you, right? Like right. that's the nature of how it goes but you want to look at that dylan brooks there and be you know, you know you want to pause and be like wait like is it weird that he's there and we this isn't reliable or do we need to pay him right like yeah you don't want to get you can't get those wrong you know no. you, yeah and i think it's, it's actually it's, it's very important for memphis right now because yeah. he is a free agent at the end yeah. of the season and the question is how much what value does he have to our team right and what should we be paying him now i will say this because i watch a ton of memphis offensively no right like it does not work like he takes in that iverson mold a lot of possessions and jacks up a lot he's of such shots. a nut job he's just a nut job <laughs> yes. i just feel like like buddy just calm down a little less, co a less little. coffee less coffee for you yeah <laughs> but defensively right mm -hmm. and there is a moxie and an and an intangible he brings to that squad that i don't know how we calculate and put a dollar amount but it's worth something to them Right. And so that's the question. Right. What do we do here? Because um, I do think at times he's a bit overrated defensively. Right. Because he does foul a bit. Right. Like, But when he's on with certain units, and I think a large part of that's when Jackson, Jared Jackson Jr. is on the floor. Like, right. Because he covers off a lot of mistakes, getting guys to the rim, blocking shots. But it's this is we have to ask yourself. Brooke Lopez, I'm pretty confident in that one because he's a mountain of a human. Like, I no, And he hits threes. No. Dylan Brooks. Okay, I might wait a little bit and let me let me try to figure out something. Can I approximate that somewhere else with a little bit less money and figure that out, right? Milwaukee, no, you can't. You got Brook Lopez has got to stay. He goes away, this team, you're, you're not winning. And we saw it, right? Like they he wasn't there for a lot last year and they and they had issues. Um, but anyway, I I just think those stats are interesting and stuff that we should we should always be paying attention to. 97th percentile on D uh in the EPM uh Dylan for Dylan Brooks. He he is. Yes. That, and also, I guess the other question is, is that contract year, Dylan Brooks? Or is that every year? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, listen, contract years, that's an important year for NBA guys, right? You wanna... Getting beat up and chasing people around, it is, yeah. <laughs> and to be fair, right? Like, I mean, when you're the defender guy, like, if your job every day is to be on the other team's alpha score, like, that fucking sucks. That's the worst smacked, job in the like, NBA. Literally, like, every pick, or, yes. or just like... It's smacking you around, right? It's the worst job in the NBA. Yeah. The worst. Like, yeah. it's just not fun. So those guys have to get rewarded somewhere on the line, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, it's tough. Memphis has too many people to pay, right? Like, hey, they're going to have yes. to pay. Like, the luxury tax, but, you know, it gets a big concern. This is not an easy one, right? No. And, and who, if they don't have Dylan Brooks, who do they assign to all the yeah. apex predators? Like, honest question. Who do they assign? All the I mean, there is no one right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because your Jackson could in theory do it, but that takes him away from the rim. Right. Yeah. And so Zaire Williams is not, he's too light in the butt. He's not ready physically yet to do that. Right. So they may have to, when Robert Paris said the, the Grizzlies governor, we'll go on a luxury tax if we have to. It's like, I feel like all owners say that. I'm like, yeah, do you mean it? Like, do you really mean it? a long time without doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you really mean it? Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll find out. Um, you know, one of the things that we talk about here at Troop all the time is, not giving up on players and player development. Of course, that is literally what David Thorpe does for a living. And Avicii when Zubac, he's not running juries, <laughs> when he's not running juries, Avicii Zubac had himself a game last night, 31 points, 29 rebounds in our chat. When Henry is being funny, loser couldn't even grab his 30th rebound. 
but he had a he, he had a hell of a game. <laughs> um, Lakers picked him 32nd in 2016, um, but he was you know given up as part of the whole let's bring LeBron in here kind of situation. Wait, what did they trade him for? I don't remember. Uh, shoot. It's pathetic. We just it's, looked this up the other day. We literally just looked yeah. this up. It, but the, the bottom line is, up right now. Anthony Davis hates playing the five. Oh, well, I bet you'd be a much better four right now, AD, if you had Avicii Zubac next to you playing five. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Life would be pretty good for you right about now. <laughs> uh, they traded Mike Beasley and Avicii Zubac to the Clippers for Mike Muscala. And Mike Muscala, by the way, an EPM like all star, like, yeah. always up there in the EPM. Like, but it's like, oh, but why are your team's always not good? Like, you're on. <laughs> and then there was a like after the trade, uh, Magic Johnson was like overheard or maybe said intentionally on the record that basically, like, you know, Zubac just didn't matter. Remember this? And I was like, oh man, like Magic. No, see. And then you know, we were talking about who's the best center in the NBA right now, and you know, I don't think it is Zubac, but no. Nope. Proposed him in the yeah he's in the mix yeah he's up there I mean it's Brooke Lopez right now maybe yeah I mean we're talking about like Jokic obviously like you know but like in terms of like that ilk of center like the, the Zubac ilk you know th- those are the guys but like you you don't like the Lakers have never been about player development like that's not that's not what they do there they're the Lakers we get we draft people who are but who are already going to be awesome right like Magic Johnson rookie wins NBA title right. Kobe Bryant, like we draft guys who are already going to be awesome and don't need any help developing. Or we go after and get free agents because everyone wants to come to LA. Um, we've talked about this ad nauseum. Add Zubash to the list, right? Brandon Ingram. I mean, Josh Hart. All these players that are – Josh Hart plays amazing for Portland, as you know. Like all these amazing players that you, you know were on your roster that had you had those guys with LeBron right now, this is when his 74th percentile would be fine because those players at this stage now – well, they're all and Brandon was an all star now, so you're fine, right? Like, so maybe you don't win the championship in 2020, but, yeah, but you're make better sure to off. Keep all the same management, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we listen. We we talk about it all the time, right? Like, well run franchises are not perfect, but they do smart things. Poorly run franchises often do dumb things right yeah. like well and they might not have gotten this out of zubach right like it's po- like you know it's circumstances well, matter with lot, that right? coaching staff yes they definitely would not right i mean they, i mean he was pretty good i think people liked him you know, the advanced stats liked him when they traded him right but um but yeah there's you know they were pretty down on brandon ingram when they traded him away right like they mm-hmm. had some huffy like you know these guys just aren't good enough kind of thing was the story at that time right and it's not a recipe to get the best out of brandon ingram right like it's just not uh yeah so Pelicans. A... thank you thank you very much lakers we are so happy we'll gladly give you anthony davis who's often injured for all of your young talent and draft picks thank you i guess the move is like somehow to like take all the lakers young players and then like trade them back to the lakers a few years later right <laughs> <We're> like <laughs> just keep going yeah get all these picks and young players again oh my god so we're 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 at the quarter quarter season mark as i mentioned just about um and i was looking at some things on, on epm because we've got the team stats and everything and i was looking at this henry teams that are doing it on both ends that are top 10 in both offense and defense not many it's mm. the Cavs, the pelicans and the suns the only three teams right now in the, the nba celtics aren't in the top 10 in d no, yeah rob williams is really impacting yeah. them defensively but 
Celtics are number one in offense. They are just demolishing people in offense. And so, and then you look at a group of a group of, of teams that are killing it on one end and not on the other. Celtics, Mavericks, Bucks, Jazz, 76ers, Bulls, Kings, Nuggets, Pacers, Nets, Warriors. And it's mm-hmm. funny because just out of pure probability, well, the champion is likely going to come from that latter group. And it is from that top group, right? Just by sheer numbers. There's so many of them. Right. One group's got 12. One group's got three. <laughs> well, usually, um, I remember that Justin Kabako was like a really smart guy. Um, and he won the Troop Psychic Smackdown a bunch of times. Um, we could talk about that for hours if you want. But um, <laughs> but he is really legit, like a super smart guy. He's basically like, you pretty much want to be in the top five. Like by the time you get to the playoffs, mm-hmm. you want to be in the top five in both to win the championship. And it's, there are a few occasionally well, there's a team that's like seventh in mm-hmm. defense or something. That but wins. they're not 28th. <laughs> no, no. I, I don't even – I mean, this it's a little bit – this parody period that we're in now, maybe you know, maybe that you could go 10th or something, right? Like mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to end the season 15th in either of those categories and win the championship. Because, unless you had a player return from injury or something. Unless you're yeah, because that, that's like a trade acquisition, right? That kind of makes you better. Because if you're 15th, what that basically says is that you're middle of the road. Like, you really can't stop anyone, right? Like, you're about average at defense. And in the postseason, you got to be a little better than average to win on defense, right? Like, you have to get stops. String stops. This is why, like, you see, I mean, even in the, like, you watch Brooklyn. Like, this is their problem, right? They cannot string together consecutive stops like that. And it's a thing that's going to rear its ugly head at some point, right? And when the games matter the most, when you're going up against the league's best alpha wing predators, like, well, you know, if you can't get stops, you're getting swept, all right? That's that's just the reality of this. So this is the – so it's exciting for the Cavaliers, Pelicans, and Suns, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think it will feel probably good but not amazing about the no. start of the year, right? But this no. is exciting. But come on, like the Celtics will be there, right? Of course. The Bucks course. will be there. Mm-hmm. The Warriors probably will be there. Mm-hmm. Who I do okay, so that leaves like the Mavericks, Jazz, 76ers, Bulls, Kings, Nuggets, and Pacers. Do you think any of them will get elite at the other end? <laughs> I think the Nuggets have the potential too. They have defensive talent on the roster, so they can get there. Um now uh I think Brooklyn's probably a trade. Well, actually, not even no, they're not even a trade away. Brooklyn has defensive talent. Nick Claxton, Kevin Durant, and and Ben Simmons. Are their three best defenders, and, and they're when good. they are, they are very good when they're yeah. engaged. So they could potentially be there. Uh, the, the, the and the, the the Mavericks actually, Henry, they're there already right now on defense, where they're not top ten. Surprisingly, is offense. Well, that's because they're playing heliocentric ball with Luca with a sixty percent, not sixty percent, but with a almost forty percent usage rate. Like, and according which, to Mark Stein, signing Kemba Walker. Which is not going to help defensively, (laughs) (laughs) but may help offensively. Maybe I just don't. It's not. I I haven't watched enough Mavericks, but it's not working. Right? They're not close. I think they're like one and nine on the road. Is that what I read? This is if if Luke is not doing the thing, they are. I mean, this this is what we said a couple weeks ago. I was like, when we did our, (laughs) you're like you're you're doing your little rundown. You're like Mavericks and different high both go. It's just we've seen this movie, right? James Harden did this when he should have won three MVPs. Like it, it has a tax on you at some point, and it's just not. mm -mm, I don't see it, but yeah. And the Sixers, I know you're not high on them. David is. I'm kind of like he's not high. He's just like he's because Embiid's still really good. I I don't know. I just after Embiid, I just don't. And I I like Maxi a lot, but can he be the number two guy on H like right now at this stage of his career? I don't know. 
and then also cranky on that team. I just feel like it's all going to fall apart. Just... <laughs> Sorry, Sixers fans. You, you heard it here first. It's all falling apart. And it then I'd be think... wrong. It's not scientific opinion, but I just have a bad feeling about the whole thing. I really, really do. Yeah. But I, I but with the Nuggets, I do think can for sure obviously be there. Bucks, we talked about. The Jazz I love, but I think Danny's going to ultimately sabotage them and be like, no, we got to get in the victory one down the sweet state. So I guess so. Like, they're taking a long time to do it, though, right? Like I, I think it's probably showcasing because he's fucking he's going to move. I mean, Conley's definitely going to get moved. I'm pretty sure about that. Um, I would probably keep marketing. I'm loving marketing right now. Like, yeah. he's, he's carried his Eurobasket play over. Look. A market, you know my theory on eliminating all short people from the NBA. So if they, if they get Victor Wembanyama and they have Laurie Marketing, oh, we got two seven footers are oh out God. for scores. I love it. You watch basketball like Thorpe watches soccer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> get these short people out of here. What are we doing? <laughs> oh, Alan Iverson's knocking on your door, Gerard. <laughs> he wants to talk. Oh, sorry, Alan. It's just you know, it's it's nothing personal. Uh, top ten players on EPM is a who's who. It looks like um, no, there's no one surprising Henry except guess who's in the top ten first time in his career. Look. Oh, I should have looked at this before the show. Um, then I would like magically just say it. I don't yeah. think it's Brooke Lopez, right? Uh, no, it's, it's not no. Brooke Lopez. It is. Shay Gilchrist. Oh, Alexander. good for him. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I think even he should be a first-time All-Star this year. I'm, I'm pretty confident. Saying, I mean, you know, we got a little ways to go. And I was talking about this with somebody the other day, Henry. The problem with young guys making their first All-Star team that's so hard is one, the way we vote for All-Star. Right? Fans get the starter vote, so fans only vote for famous people. So, which is generally not young people, right? It's old people who have been good for a million years. And then coaches pick the reserves. And you would think coaches do a good job there, but they also pick like you know a lot a lot of older veterans. But Shea should be an all star this year. He's like thirty one and six on basically 50, 40, 90 shooting, um, and he's seventh or eighth in EPM right now. Yeah, look at this. He's the he's the ninety eighth percentile yeah. on offense. Yeah, and good on D. Yeah, 80th yeah. percentile. Like yeah, yeah, ninety eighth percentile on offense is like that's, that's Kevin Durant. That's elite. That's the best players in the league. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a little only like. Jokic is fine. Donovan Mitchell's up there too. That's oh yeah. yeah. I think Mitchell first time in the top ten as well. I should, I should. Yeah. But he's been an all star before, so yeah. That's exciting. I'm excited. No. Honestly, the Donovan Mitchell might be happy too because like it seemed like maybe he'd been banished to purgatory or something, but instead he's like, no, no, no. I like, like it here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's probably and, pretty and cool. And I was he is giving effort on defense, um, which is you know David talks about schemes and we talk about it all the time, but half defense is actually giving a shit. Right. And like not being a turnstile, like giving some resistance at the point of attack. Yeah. Right. And he's doing that now. And that Cleveland team is young and they're exciting. They seem to all like playing for each other. I don't know if you saw this the other day where uh, Mitchell grabbed the rebound at the end of the game and he took away Evan Mobley's oh, <laughs> double, double, oh, double, no. double by mistake. And Jared Allen's just staring at him like, bro, what are you doing? And, he, and Donovan's like, oh, did I trick you? He's like, yeah, yeah, you messed up the triple double, buddy. Good job. <laughs> Oh, I didn't see that. Wow. It was, it was, but it's those moments, I feel like, that you and David always talk about. And, you know, I joke that I don't think it's important, but I know it's important. That's a team that's, no, well, we like each other. I t- we didn't see that in Utah if he took a ball from Rudy, right? That, that We didn't see a whole lot we of that. We didn't see that. <laughs> yeah. And there's a, I mean, I feel like every time I click over to the Cleveland game, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's a talent to have that 
furious effort level, mm-hmm. right? Like most of us in our lives don't have the like just those. But when Donovan Mitchell goes, it's like he's he can still operate at these explosive speeds that are just mm-hmm. ridiculous. And oh, like yeah. I love, I mean, that's not a dude who's holding back, right? That's mm-hmm. not a dude who's like, oh, let's make sure I don't get hurt. You know, he's like a <laughs> he's bringing it. He's bringing it for his Cleveland Cavaliers, right? And it, it's it's kind of fun. He's not the biggest fun. dude. How tall is he really? You think? I mean, he's like. He looks short to me. Like, I mean, he was probably 6'2", 6'3", yeah. at best. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, let's put it this way. They list Steph Curry at 6'3". Steph Curry's definitely taller than him. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, just the, the sheer accomplishment level of this, like, you know, this is like some of the greatest heroism in the, in the league is obscured by the fake heights. Right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> the like, NBA is so good at that, the fake heights. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you know, I mean, the odds of being whatever, I mean, he might be 6'1", right? Like, the odds right. of being a 6'1", and just have being like this, you know, he's the, what did we just said, he's the, the seventh, what do you, mm-hmm. um, player the in seventh, NBA right now? Seventh in like, EPM, yeah. Unheard of. I mean, this is a, this is wizardry. Yeah. When little, I mean, Steph Curry's at top of EPM right now. When you are, I mean, he's six four. But like when you're a little person and you are dominating the NBA, that's an incredible thing, right? Because this is still a land of giants, right? Like, yeah. look at the rest of the top ten. It's mostly people who are six foot seven and taller, right? That's big people dominate this league in a rim that's ten feet above the ground. So, the, so you've, you're lying in one way, right? Where it's Alan Iverson forever listed as like six one. It's like, bro, I think he's five eleven. As is Chris <laughs> Paul. I don't think Chris Paul. Is oh, I remember freaking talking to um um Aaron McKee, right? Yeah. Um, longtime teammate of Iverson. Mm-hmm. I was just standing across the room, and and I think it was like around the time that Iverson was winning MVP. And Aaron McKee's like, you know, no shirt on, like after a game, and he's just like, he's like, he's like, oh, what that cat does a five ten one fifty or whatever, and we're all like. <laughs> Like, that's, that's the real weight tonight. <laughs> you let that slip, Aaron McKee. <laughs> I mean, I don't. You know, people say stuff. I don't want to hold him to it, but like that's what he said. You know? <laughs> and, and that was a very specific height, right? He didn't just go like at around. No, he said five ten one fifty. I'm like eh, pretty sure. I'm positive about the five ten, the one fifty. We should check my notes, but like it's something like that. And as soon as you say it, then you're like, oh my god, that's like an eighth grader. You know, like that's like a regular eighth grader yeah, like, oh, yeah. out here <laughs> winning the NBA MVP. Like, that, I mean, listen, that is that, and that is sheer force of will. That I mean, of course, high, high skill, but you must have a sheer force. Then you people lie the other way, right? I think Kevin Durant forever is listed six foot nine. This thing, I'm like, bro, you are yeah. not six nine. I think the last time you were six nine, you were in high school, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you're taller than that. Yeah, yeah, that's part of his Justin Zormello. Like, you know, get yourself the ability to move around, right? He so say you're six nine. Yeah, <laughs> seven foot people have to stand on the post. That's just ah, that, that, see, oh, seven, they got to play center. Oh no, yeah. I'm, I'm six foot nine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, injuries, a, a, a topic that we look. I want to be clear about something. We're not like at Drew. We're not. We don't love talking about injuries and like that. We are. We want the less. In, in, in common parlance, for those of you who play video games, we want to turn injuries off. That is that is our goal here at True. And the one way to do that is to have less games, which we've talked about ad nauseum. That's probably yeah. never going to happen. But, you know, um, you're, start, you're starting to see something with injuries, Henry, in terms of the number of players. Well, I just, there's like on the ESPN website, there's a little like, you know, button you can click for like, you know, injury report. And you scroll. And you scroll and you scroll. Do it on your phone. If you have half an hour, you'll finally get to the bottom. Um, so there's, I, as of yesterday, when I was looking at it, there are 100, the NBA is roughly 350 players kind of actively playing most yeah. of the time. 114 players it's, on that list right now. It's a lot. Um, and it's not just nobody's, right? So I'm just going to read some names uh, Jason Tatum, LaMelo Ball, Lonzo Ball, Jared Allen, 
Michael Porter Jr., Cade Cunningham, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Desmond Bain, Jimmy Butler, Chris Middleton, Joel Embiid, James Harden, Chris Paul, Damian Lillard, Pascal Siakam. I could mm-hmm. go on and on and on. Like, it's just, uh, we haven't even reached the hard part yet. You know, I think I, my point really is just, uh, you know, this is a tough game. The way it's organized is tough. And, you know, I, I would prescribe fewer games, but forget my prescription. Like, you know, whatever you think the thing is to reduce injuries, like, um, let's do that. Sh- let's do it. Let's prioritize it. It's worth a lot of money, right? Um, if you're doing nothing but being super, super selfish with dollars, like, I don't want to hear it. It's ridiculous to think that you could, this extra, you know, Tuesday night game in Sacramento is worth those 114 players being out, right? Definitely like, not. And, and actually, two, actually, you know, Henry, we can't say the Tuesday night in Sacramento anymore because Sacramento's good now. I so know. We have to say that Tuesday night in Detroit because they still stink. Tuesday night so in Detroit. Nobody yeah. wants that Tuesday night game in Detroit. Nobody wants to play that Tuesday game. Nobody wants to go. Down. We don't want to watch it. Like, yeah. nobody. I, I didn't put this in the doc, but um, former NBA player Olden Polonese, I don't know if you saw this. No. Attention all NBA players. The more you sit and skip games, et cetera, after getting hurt or injured, the more you'll continue to get hurt or injured. You have to build up a pain tolerance. It's ridiculous watching you guys sit for BS. I finished second in rebounds with a broken hand in 1993. That right there is the problem. That mindset and that, look, I love Charles Barkley. He's one of my favorite people because he's just, he's hilarious. But this Jocko, Jocko, macho Jock culture of, Oh, you got to play hurt. No, these guys, they're making $10 million a year. Flying around. It's like, stop. Stop with that shit. Like, stop it. Like, we have enough empirical data and science that tells us this is stupid what we're doing. Four games in five nights, five games in seven nights, stupid. Like, really stupid. The First of all, the quality of basketball gets shittier. You watch it. It's not good. It's not because guys aren't good at it. It's like, dude, I just played my fifth game in seven nights. I'm exhausted, right? And been on two cross-country cross country flights. It's just, we need to talk about this differently, but I guess, you know, that's the way that Joe Sixpack can understand NBA is if you talk about it in those terms. Well, I mean, I guess, you know, I think Olden Polonius is describing a heroic thing and I'm sorry he had to go through that. And right. I admire that mindset and like, great, you know, this is a war mentality, right? Yeah. And like, this Except is the, the same you know, war. <laughs> we've had stories in the newspaper about like soldiers on the front lines who are, like poorly equipped or unequipped have to like buy their own uniforms and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like some people can deal with that. Some people will perform well under the circumstances. Not very many. It's a low percentage, right? So like from Olden's point of view, soldier up, you know, strap something on the hand and go. Fine. But he's not supposed to be administering the league, right? Correct. The league's point of view is we have a giant mix of mindsets and personalities and backgrounds. Like we need to get the best out of the group, mm-hmm. in which case – why would we use this system that only works for 10% of people, right? right. Like, like <laughs> it didn't work. Like how much Ben Simmons awesomeness did we get last year? Right? Like, like, no, we need, <laughs> like we need, like, you know, all the research shows people need to feel safe at work. Right. And, um, it doesn't mean they're never going to deal with physical pain. They all do. They yes, all deal with physical pain. <laughs> yeah. It's just a question of like, you know, how can we make circumstances where more people do more things that are beautiful and amazing and blow minds and delight the global yeah. audience. Right. Like, they just, you just have to be curious about that. You have to keep enough mind. And this system, I mean, honestly, Olden, <laughs> we got a hundred is 114, not enough players for you yeah, to be right, injured, yeah, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, like when 50% of the league is out, like then do you believe people get hurt? You know what I mean? Like anyway, yeah. I wonder, Henry, do you think that 
because we, we've been fortunate enough because we cover the league. We see what it's like in the bowels of arenas before a game when guys are on tables and the things these guys do to you think if like fans saw that like every game, this is what I have to do to get ready to play tonight. Like, yeah, it's weird. Like I don't, I think most fans prefer to think they're superhuman. Mm. And so it's like a big bummer to see, yeah, yeah. you know, but like, you know, it is just like, it's, it, it's a very hard, like, you know, it's hard to like, we're in a moment in history when 50% of old people are just hurt from mm-hmm. just driving and sitting and watching yep. TV and all this stuff. Right. It's like, they have all those stresses on their bodies too, right? Like mm-hmm. now we're going to add, like we were just saying about Donovan Mitchell and how, what he's putting his body through. Like, so you're just absolutely driving the car as hard as you can. Like, of course your tires are getting taxed, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And they're, you know, they know these trainers well, right. And they're getting, and I think a lot of times, right. There's, you know, they're hearing the regular cautionary advice that most of us would hear from doctors. And they're, these are the people who are like, yeah, no, I'm fine. Strap it up, I'll go. Right? Like yeah, yeah. these are play- these are people who go crazy hard, and probably you'd have more players playing. I think if you were a little more cautious than if you had more Golden Colonies attitude, right? I think we're probably a little bit screwed up in that way, right? Yeah. Um, you know, Russell Westbrook's gonna be back like tomorrow with his oh, yeah. broken open <laughs> forehead, right? I like, mean, he he, I mean, famously did not miss a game. Like, yeah. for, I mean, played with a broken face for crying out loud. Like, yeah. I mean, which sounds insane. Like what? No. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not playing with a broken face. Are you kidding? <laughs> no. Like that pixie song. <laughs> he got a broken face. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, as, as as we wrap here, and always an awesome episode when when it's uh, when Henry gets to uh, jump on board. Thank um, you, very kind. I'm delighted to be here. Oh no, no, it's, it 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 is always good. Um, because you know you you do the kinder thing when you're talking to the fan, whereas David and I just start yelling. <laughs> Listen, dumb shits. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's kind of how it goes. That's, that's kind of how it goes. Catch up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we wanted to uh, just give a little, little shout out to um, Stephen Curry. Was playing lights out basketball at the age of thirty four. Um, he's number one in EPM. Um, and you know his his true shooting and effective field goal numbers are fucking insane. Seventy percent true shooting, sixty five percent effective field goal. Just for context, people don't understand what that means. Those numbers are generally what people who stand next to the basket get in effective field goal and true shooting. Right? That's where the volume of their shots come from: layups and dunks. He's getting that shooting thirty five foot shots majority of. That's really hard to do, um, and. This is why, of course, Warriors fans are losing their go- we're losing their godforsaken mind all season. They're like, he's playing like you know, do two time MVP step, and you're wasting it playing these dumb young kids who don't know what they're doing right now. Um, but Kevon Looney had a great quote about playing with Steph. With, with Steph. Why don't you uh, read that? Great article from Marcus Thompson. And basically, the concept is that you know, for anybody who comes to the Warriors, you, it takes a few months to a few years to like understand how to play with Steph. It's a different thing. And I think this is a helpful lens to see the word. I've never really thought of it that way before, but, and then they they were kind of frank, like some players just don't really get it. And then they have to leave the warriors, but, yes. um, but a uh, come Looney, his, his journey is well narrated in the story. And, um, and he talks about young players, like being like confused by this, but he says, I understand all their pain. A lot of times you catch the ball and you feel like you're wide open and you're like, I'm going to shoot it. But nah, nah, Steph is coming around off the screen. You better wait a second and pass it to him in the corner. 
That's what makes the offense go. In turn, he's going to find you for a dunk. you got to find the balance of turning down the decent shots for great shots. That is, I mean, think about this, right? Uh, already an MVP, already multiple time All NBA. Kevin Durant took about a month and a half. Yeah. To to right, and that's that's fast, right? Like, you're a rookie who's got no reference points. It's probably gonna take you a couple years to get this thing, right? Well, they were like, like there's the great part of the article where like the defenders <laughs> are like, he's always moving, and then like which we all understand confuses and frustrates the defense. But the news is it confuses and frustrates the offense too. <laughs> wait, right? wait, where like, are we going? <laughs> I'd be like, oh good god, oh my god, okay, okay, that little guy's everywhere. But um. But yeah, some of them, you know, I guess there's like some principles to it, right? Steph's yes. basically, it's his little quote is like, it's all of basketball, yeah. right? They're using all the same pick and rolls and everything mm-hmm. that everybody uses, but it's just happening really fast, right? It's happening multiple times and all over the place. Um, makes This is the Cuisinart, right? This is, yes, this is they, the they are running the same principled plays, right? Split cuts. Everyone runs a split cut. Everyone yeah. runs pick and roll. They just do it at warp speed. They do multiple things at the same time. Yeah. As, as we always say, right? Huey Brown, he sets screens for one reason, to make people think. That offense constantly making you think because it's constant motion. So if you're going to quote that, we don't even need Thorpe here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't. We're good. We don't. <laughs> Feel like he's here. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, thank you as always for tuning in. Um, thank you again for joining us as we're part of this Gemini 13 uh, journey. Ooh. Yeah, we're we're really happy to be a, be a part of the uh, that podcast platform. And we're looking forward to doing more great things with you guys. We will see you later this week. I think Christopher will be back from jury duty by then. Unless, Henry, what if he gets on a capital case? <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> then we're going to know a lot about each other. Yeah. <laughs> Take care, guys. <laughs> Take care.